<laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we are telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. Yay! We did it yeah, kind of Zoom-ish. Well, you know, it was a little awkward, but um, Vicky said before we started, it just sounds weird when we don't do the song. So let's figure out how we can do this on Zoom without it being like ridiculously, uh, you know, whatever. Noxious. <laughs> well, I think people tune in just to hear the song, truly. And then they, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> or they just live and let live. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of people who actually tell us that then the little ditty gets stuck in their head sometimes. So, right. I don't know if that's always a compliment, Brie. Side note, the song that I hate getting stuck in my head is that Sweet Caroline song. I just like, Mm -hmm. I I just remember being in college and that would be like what they'd close, like from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. They'd play all this 80s music and then they'd usually close out the last hour with like some Sweet Caroline. And since, you you know, we live in Chicago and the Cubs, it's like the Cubs thing or whatever. Or is it like the Blackhawks thing? I don't know. It's something. And so I feel like every in the world. Yeah. Oh, geez. no, just Chicago. I'd never. Oh, Chicago. OK, I'm just like <laughs> over that song completely. When so when that gets stuck in my head, I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So that so, reminds me of Sluggers, because at Sluggers, after the baseball games, they would play that song. They would play all kinds of like cheesy. Um, Come on, Eileen. Oh, yep. I swear. <laughs> yeah, so 80s first- music. <laughs> you it's only because you don't know the good 80s music Brie. but when I first moved up here you know I was working at the community center and we did exercise classes for our seniors and that song would play and everybody would just go nuts I'm like what in the hell is this about I had no idea what was going on because I didn't know anything about that so finally I asked everybody I'm like what the fuck is the deal with <laughs> sweet Caroline and they looked at me like what and I'm like why why does everybody get so excited about this song well uh, here's what I will say two things Boston, they do Sweet Caroline, too. It is a Boston thing. And then, um, two, that movie movie Beautiful Girls is the only reason I can tolerate that song. Because in Beautiful Girls, they sing it, and it's like a fun party scene. And I can tolerate it because it's, like, cute. And I remember that scene. And Uma Thurman, I love her, and all that Mm -hmm. jazz. Maybe we just don't do it in the South. Maybe that's it. Yeah, you you're you're so south in Kentucky. Yeah, what do you guys sing down there? Uh, Sweet Rocky Home Mountain Alabama, High, John Denver, Rocky Mountain High. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, today um, we have a couple of announcements, and I'll introduce Bree. All right. So we have a couple new Patreons, and we're so excited, and we're so grateful. Um, so big shout out to our. Uh, editor-in-chief, we'll call him, TZ, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Zip, uh, Corey Zipper, what I mean, Tom, I, Thomas, whatever you want to call him. He's awesome. He's got so many different aliases, but we we lovingly refer to him as TZ. Shout out. Here's your holla. Thank you so much for your donation. Um, you guys, if you don't already know, he edits all our podcasts. He also uh, can edit yours too. So if you have any editing work, uh, you know, shout at him. His podcast is called No Redeeming Qualities, uh, NRQ as it's referred to. Um, so thank you so much, TZ, for 
your donation. And then we also have our good friend, Andy, who, if any of you listened to last week's episode, Mr. Andy H., um, a friend from Over the Pond, uh, well, he lives on this side of the pond now, um, has for a while, but um, he was our special guest last week. So shout out. Thank you so much, Andy, for continuing to be such a wonderful friend and benefactor of this podcast. Uh, we so appreciate you. Thank you very much. And you will be getting your swag, your telling on ourselves swag uh, mailed to you. Um, so look out for that in the mail. And for the rest of you, if you'd like to become a Patreon, please do. The link will be in our show notes bio. Um, you can click on that. You can do a $1 holler where we shout out your name, or you can do a $3 where you get the shout out and you get some telling on ourselves swag. So thanks, guys. Sweet Bree, thank you. Um, in addition to the Patreon, <clears throat> we always like to remind people that we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your first thought wrong. Um, there's several different ways you can do that. You can do it via Zoom BN on the call with us. Remember TZ that we were talking about, he takes care of editing. So if there's any foobars, never worry about that. Um, or you could email us at tellingonourselves3 at gmail.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting all verklempt today. Or you can also leave comment on Instagram or Facebook, but please think about it. First thought wrong. You know, there is, there's no shame in our game when it comes to admitting the things that we think that are crazy. Sometimes it makes us all more human. And um, speaking of being more human, Miss Vicki has our first thought wrong today. Oh yes, I do. Um, I was, so th this morning we had our first, um, meeting our Sunday morning meeting on zoom and so I guess this first thought wrong goes back to the beginning of the pandemic to be honest I'm, I'm unpacking this as I go and um I had started this thing that you know accidentally for that specific meeting yet none of the people in that specific meeting really helped or participated in the chaos that I was living so I had this major resentment to all of them in that meeting. They said they would help. They would kind of help. They would kind of show up. But I pretty much did it for, for them and barely anybody participated. And my feelings were hurt for a long time. I since got over that. Everything was cool. But we started this meeting. So I guess I walked into this meeting being like, why do I go to this meeting? They didn't come to any of my meetings. I made a woman's meeting for them. I made a gratitude meeting for them. I made all kinds of meetings and barely anybody even showed up. So why am I going this morning? But these are my people. So I go, right? I show up. And I was irritated with all of it. I was irritated with it. I was just itchy and scratchy and annoyed and but I was there and I was like, God wants me to be here. Higher power wants me to be here. These are my people. I need to get over it. Yes, they weren't there. Yes, they didn't participate. Some of them did, but it's not my job. It's not my job to uh, like, just because I'm going crazy and helping the world doesn't mean other people have to do what my crazy alcoholic is doing. Right. And, and I've gone through that, but then I think this triggered that resentment again. Um, and you know, I was a little judgmental about a couple different things that were happening and I just kind of turned my screen off and I got quiet and I prayed. Um, and that helped. 
<laughs> that helped because, you know, it's, it's like, it's this thing that happens to me in my life that I do things for other people and I don't really care. But then when I don't receive like participation, then I care. So I really do care. Right. So it's this whole idea of letting go of that. And, and this is something we learn in the rooms is to um, actions regardless of feelings. And I remember my, one of my sponsors told me, um, do things and don't worry about the results. Leave the results to higher power. And, um, and the good news is, is I'm still an alcoholic. I still am an egomaniac where all I think about are my feelings. And I still have the ability to pray to higher power for help in this, these scenarios when they happen. Because guess what? 10 years later, they still happen. And I just realized right this very second on air that I had a resentment from March that carried me over into this meeting this morning that I was still mad about. Mm -hmm. And um, it sucks to be human sometimes and to have those feelings, even though intellectually, I don't have that feeling. But there's something inside me that needs to be worked on, that continuously needs to be worked on. And, 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 and that is why I continue to do this work. And that is why I am a grateful member of this program. And that is why I um, qualify for membership because I do go there. And I think we all go there in different ways and in different things. But when, you know, I think when I feel like I'm doing so much output and, um, and I mean it when I say, don't worry about it, I got it. But then when I see people, I think what it boils down to is when I hear other people complain about certain things, it's kind of like the workshop thing. And I think this was one of my first thought rounds then too. Like people would come to the meetings to do these workshops. We do a lot of service work, right? So people would come and they would have all these opinions about the way we were doing it, but they didn't have any like, you know, they didn't help. And I guess what it boils down to is there are some people in this world that are um, observers. Some people in this world are doers. Some people in this world are, um, you know, they, we all have our own bandwidth and we all have to live and let live <laughs> because I do things in a way that is annoying to other people. And it's okay. There's something they say in Al-Anon that is, says, if you're new with us, please know that we love you very much. And if our welcome doesn't show you how much we like you, know that we do in a very special way. And that is so true with all of these programs. Because just because we all do things differently, we're going to bristle when someone does things differently than us. I think it's human nature. But the good news is, is that there is something that, so, so as we went through this meeting, it took me about 35 minutes to get to the place where I was open and where I did take in that, that expansive spirit of the meeting. It happened, but I had to work through it and I had to admit it. And I had to, 
I had to be mad and be uh, upset to understand that that was an okay feeling to have. It was just a feeling and it wasn't a fact. And it brings me to thinking about Lynn, that 90 second thing, that feelings Mm -hmm. only last 90 seconds. And um, mine lasted 35 minutes, which is much more than, than 90 seconds. (laughs) Or seven months. (laughs) And seven months. (laughs) (laughs) But the good news is, is I can, I, I realize it. I acknowledge it and I work through it with the help of you guys. And, um, and, and also I can live and let live to myself, I guess. So, um, so yeah, that was a big one and a big embarrassing one. I'm embarrassed to say it, but that's what this podcast is all about. So, so that's all I got. Thank you, Vicki. Um, you know, that's happened to me so many times with things that I thought I'd let go of that I'd surrendered and said, okay, I'm done with this. And then another situation comes in and I have that same feeling. I'm like, seriously, you're still here. <laughs> and it sometimes it's seven months, sometimes it's two years, you know, because we think, and that's, that's my old behavior pattern of burying things if it was unpleasant. And it's that not wanting to feel it. So I bury it and think that I let it go, but really I just pushed it down because I didn't want to deal with it. So thank you so much for your honesty and your openness um, for that, Vicki. That's awesome. Um, today is Live and Let Live is our topic. And I have a definition from the sweet Merriam-Webster who never fails me. And it is, it's so short and sweet. I love it. Um, a person should live as he or she chooses and let other people do the same. And basically, um, Vicki, when you were talking, I was thinking about... Um, our expectations that we have, whether it's for another person or a group or uh, a job. And we always say in the program, expectations are premeditated resentments. And when I am um, having expectations, I'm not letting that other person live as they, as they choose to do. I'm wanting them to live the way I want them to live. I I feel embarrassed guys. Anyway, go ahead. Why would you feel embarrassed? Well, I'm not that you're, Hey, you can have your feelings. Who am I to tell you how to live? But (laughs) I mean, we're human. It's, it's natural. And I think that's just part of being human is, you know, we have our own uh, preferences for things and expectations and judgments, and we're going to have them against people and people are going to have them against us. And um, the great thing is that we uh, actually have an awareness now of when it's happening, whether it's 90 seconds later or 35 minutes later or nine months later, like there is an awareness. So there's always an opportunity to grow. I struggled with this daily. Like I'm constantly telling, you know, Dave, how I think he should live. And I just got to like, I upset with him because sometimes I think that he's too judgy on other people in all in well, I'm judging him for his judginess. And so I'm not letting him live. I'm trying to like impose my belief system on how he should just let people live their lives. And it's so funny how we all do it in our own way. And it's the pot calling the kettle black and fingers pointing back at me when I'm pointing at someone else. Um, I think just kind of like, to, to talk about the situation you were in Vicki, I feel how you feel when I was growing up, I was definitely like, I tried to be the leader of the pack in so many ways with my group of friends, almost to the point where it became, I would drive myself nuts. If my little, um, if my monkeys didn't, um, didn't participate in my circus the right way. And they were, you know, it was, it was so frustrating and I was always let down by you know, people and what, how, what they wanted to do interfered with how I really wanted things to go. And I think I'm still, even after years of therapy on that, 
my defense mechanism to not feel that way is to just stay in the background. And as, and every once in a while, like my opinion will come up and then I'll be like, wait, 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 I shouldn't, you know, I I don't want to get in. I don't want to get too involved. I don't want to have the duties. I don't want to have the responsibilities. Um, so I think that's an area where I could grow is, yeah, I get, I get really afraid when somebody starts like asking me to step up to the plate. Now I kind of get like a little like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to be like the ringleader here because when I used to, when I was the ringleader, I was always hurt. I was always hurt, you know? So I tried to avoid the pain of, of that, I think. Um, but then yeah, that leaves people like doing all the work. Scar. I'm sorry, Brie. Six. Oh no! I was just gonna say it leaves people like Vicky doing all the heavy lifting. I <laughs> know. Oh, well, and it's interesting, Bree, that you are still carrying that scar tissue because that's when you were talking. That's that what popped into my mind is you have some scar tissue. But the thing is, when you were doing that before, it was from a very unhealthy viewpoint, and the the place that you are now in your life and the work that you've done on yourself, you would I think. Um, just because of my interactions with you, I think you'd be a lot healthier and um, would be able to go into those situations with a lot less judgment. And it's because of the work that we do daily. Well, I have to say, even that that awareness of knowing that gives me a different perspective on so many dynamics in our personal relationship, Bree. Like, I've never put that together. But that, I mean, I want to cry right now because that makes me realize things like, where I've been like where I've had feelings about it and I haven't expressed them or I have I haven't known how to express them but that helps me understand where you're coming from a lot more so thank you oh yeah well I'm glad I shared that um, because it it does it follows me it's like I'm not a good leader. I can't be a good leader. I try to be a leader and people, when I was the leader, nobody liked that I was the leader and nobody wanted to do what I wanted to do. And you know, that was like, it's hurtful when you're a kid growing up and that's how it feels is like, you can't get any, you can't, you like, you don't have any influence, you know, like you're trying, but nobody really wants to do what you want to do. It's like, you get angry about it. You get sad about it. Um, but you gotta let pe- you gotta let people do what they want to do, and if it's not what you want to do, you kind of have to just let that shit go. And that was hard for me. Yeah. I lost a lot of friends because I would not let that shit go. Like you didn't want to do what I wanted to do, and I was angry about it. And I was gonna let you know that it hurts my feelings that you don't always do what I want you to do. <laughs> it's like that, and that's taking things personally. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like that whole thing where I, I remember one time, one of your things was, I'm not passive aggressive. I am just aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <It's> so true. <laughs> uh, well, and I always wanted to be that passive person. You know, I always wanted to be kind of like my dad. I think he's like the ideal person where he's just the right amount of assertive in certain situations. But in general, he's a very passive person and people are attracted to that. And people, you know, love my dad and think he's a great guy and can rely on him and depend on him. And and they want to follow his lead without him needing to be like, I'm in charge here. Everybody follow my lead. You know, like that is what I want, but you know, that's just not my personality all the time because I also have a mother who's the exact opposite of that. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. Um, You know, I uh, actually had a conversation with a friend yesterday and she told me that one of the reasons she was attracted to me as a friend in the very beginnings, because she never felt judged by me. 
And that was a huge compliment because it's something that I've always been hyper aware of trying not to do. So, and later I was talking to my sister and I told her what my friend had said. And she goes, oh, Lynn, I've always thought that about you. She said, you really don't. And she said, that's not a new thing in recovery. That's kind of always been a part of your personality is that you really do let people live. The interesting other side of the coin to that is that I judge myself so harshly Mm -hmm. and I have to give myself grace and I don't do that a lot of times. So what I am learning in recovery is to give myself the same grace that I give everyone else. And I'm going to start crying now because it's so hard for me to give myself a break. Well, you've done a really good job this week of it. Lynn, that is so true. I've never, yeah, you don't judge, um, or at least not outwardly. You're very good at, if you have an, you know, opinion, you just keep it to yourself or, you know, you're so supportive is what I'm trying to say. You're not, you don't try to tear people down or, or condemn them. You know, you're just supportive. That is, I could totally, totally. So it's probably, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say that's probably an overcompensation from childhood, Brie because I didn't get it. So I want to make sure that I give that to everyone else. You know how people say when you are, I I say this from what I've heard, but not from experience, parents want to do everything their parents didn't do or do everything opposite of what their parents did. For me to be having the childhood that I had, I really want to make sure that I give the things that I felt like I didn't get. And one of those is being supportive and not judging. Well, and I think that, you know, um, I think it's interesting to me how I can do this live and let live thing in certain pockets of my life, Mm -hmm. but then in other pockets, I'm like, oh, hell no, Uh uh-uh, you're not going to do that to me, you know? I mean, it's all part of this evolution of us in recovery for me, because like at work, I used to be very good at that. And, And it's funny because, so I help a lot of people with computer stuff when they're like trying to do something. And I have this incredible patience and um, it's not on the inside, but I've learned to have it with the people and because have compassion because I used to be a director of sales. And like I've said this before, my best sales people were, were, you know, women that were a little older than me and um, weren't real savvy when it comes to computers and CRMs and, and, and Zoom and all the stuff. They hated it. That was not their thing, but they were really good at sales. And I had to explain to them how much more successful they would be if they just took a little bit of that, you know, and I got to learn patience with that. And Mm -hmm. then, but when it comes to other things, I have zero patience. I always used to say two plus two is four, but so is three plus one. You know, and I always had that in my head, like we all do things differently and I would have so much patience for that. But in other parts of my life, I don't. And and when it comes to um, like growing as a human, it's a letting go of what you think and, and, and living and not living. And I will tell you, I guess I'm a super slow learner because, you know, my dad was in the program when I was seven. And one of the one of the things that I did hear from him a lot, there were two things that I remember. The first one was the serenity prayer. And the second one was this, live and let live. And my dad, my dad still to this day, he does that. Um, he just, he doesn't care about 
people and what they do. They can be whatever they want to be. If he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't like you, he likes you. He just is that kind of person. And that is one thing that even in my alcoholism, I was able to really just be like, well, whenever I would get frustrated, I would be able to go back to that, which is why like this, um, I don't know, this little ditty, what do we call them in, in, in our program? We have a lot of them, live and let live, easy does well, it. Well, they're, like they're cliches. Cliches, right? Yeah. This is one that um, that I think we could all take a, take a piece of this, whether we are in the program or not, and especially right now. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, especially this year. You want to practice live and let live. Same here. Yeah. We've, we've had so many tests this year, 2020. I mean, I, God, I wish I could live to be, uh, live another hundred years just so I could read a history book in a hundred years and see what's documented about this, because there's so many turning points that are happening right now under our noses that we can't even keep up with all of it. And, um, it's so one of the discussions I was having yesterday with my friend, we got to talk about politics a little bit, but it was more about, um, the state that our country's in and the polarization, how people are like very strongly one way or the other. And a lot of that comes from them, people not accepting that people are different and just letting everybody do what they need to do as long, you know, it's like the rule about uh, freedom of speech, as long as you don't hurt somebody, you don't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Do what you want to do as long as you're not causing harm to anyone else. You know, it's just about you. Think about how many problems would be just completely, um, extinguished right now in our country if we thought it that way. That different isn't bad. Different is just different. Different is just different. I like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was just thinking too for, you know, just in regards to sobriety, like why it's a cliche in our program and why we use that is because if we don't let people live their lives and then mind our own business and live ours, like that's what makes us want to drink. Those are the, the that's the buildup of resentments until the dam breaks, you know, mm-hmm. that's, we can, and we're so focused on what everybody else is doing because maybe we're so unhappy with our own lives. You know, people like I seriously, especially like think about like what happens on Facebook. People have nothing better to do than to like comment and stir the pot and troll. You know, when you have nothing going on in your own life, it is your hobby to go out there and tell people how they should be living theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say it's a generational thing because I think everybody of all places do it. But I definitely think like growing up, I can think like my parents and especially like my grandma's generation. Um, it was like there were it was so conservative, like just the cult, like there were so many polite, uh, what do you call it? norms and people really like there were very specific norms that society should follow. And if they didn't step outside and they didn't like have crazy hair colors or like, you know, have a lot of gay people, like there was just so much judgment. And I think now like grow like our generations are so much more like accepting of this, like live and let live, but it is like really hard for like my grandma's generation and my mom's generation. Um, and only now is it like, really like, you know, it's almost like the trend now is to let people just live their own lives and to like be more accepting and to like understand that, you know, not everybody's going to make the same choices you make. I think it's a global uh, uh, spiritual awakening awakening. by a lot of people, but, 
but then like in our country, we have these polar opposites. And I think our country isn't unique. I think this happens everywhere. Right. But I think some people are having this awakening and like, I see something, it's funny because what I see a lot is these people that are in that generation, that older generation, like, like from the depression or just after, and they are like with the pink hair and doing their thing and, and shedding all this, like. They're letting their freak fine. flags fly now. They're like, it, I love they've it. They've always wanted to be that way. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, like I looked at my arm and I have a tattoo and I have a nose ring and it's funny, you know, all this manifestation stuff. I remember when I was working and I was like, I'm going to own my own business and I'm going to have my nose pierced and I'm going to have a tattoo and I'm going to be a good businesswoman. And, and I, you know, like I'm so happy. I was in the shower, like looking at myself. I'm so happy that I have this and it's okay. And I don't have anybody telling me it's not okay. And, and, and that is like, I don't know, allowing myself to live and let live. Yeah. The first tattoo I got was in 91 or 92. And that was really before, especially women were getting tattoos. And um, I remember telling a friend about doing it. And I said, I'm going to be the coolest 85 year old lady you've ever known because I don't give a fuck. It's going to make me happy. And that's all I care about. (laughs) And think back now, it's like, it's so commonplace. You're more unusual if you don't have any ink. (laughs) But at the time I was a rebel. And, you know, there's still people out there that want to like control that for like for you and think that that's like, oh, my gosh, how could anybody get a tattoo? Like they have that's like it's like a control thing. It's like really kind of freaky that there's still this idea that what somebody else does to their body is somehow some of like my business. Yeah, it's not. And there's so much freedom and peace and serenity in that. Like, I don't have to drink over the fact that other people aren't living their lives the way I want, I want them to, you know, I can let that shit go. I don't have to get high because of the, all of that now. Live and let live. So cool, guys. So cool. Oh, yeah. I think Bree just summed it up when you said there's so much freedom, peace and serenity when I live my life that way. And be happy for other people doing whatever that, you know, that's the other part. Be happy for them that they are making their own choices because it's not always easy to make our own choices for ourselves because of expectations, because we fear what people might think. There's a lot of that still. And if that's one of the things you're still trying to heal from, keep going on that because we should be happy for other people that are actually living their lives and without fear of condemnation or judgment. Like that is a big step. I say there's only a small percentage of people in this world that can actually do that like fully and totally, you know, like I'm watching this show. Okay. Not to get off on a tangent here, but I'm watching the show 90 day fiance. And I love this show because it basically for people who haven't watched it, it's about people who fall in love with people from, you know, Americans who fall in love with people from other countries and they either have to go move to that country to be with them because that, you know, um, that uh, foreigner, I don't know what to call, that person can't get an American visa or that, you know, that person comes to America and gets a visa here and they have 90 days to get married from the time they get their visa, you know. So anyways, I admire these people for one, falling in love, following their hearts, making risk, like bold decisions for their own happiness and what is going to give them happiness. And their families are like, you're getting scammed. You're crazy. Oh, you're going to move to this third world country. Or, oh, this person's just using you. And despite all of that, they're following their heart and doing what, what is best for them. 
what their friends and family need to do is just live and let live, right? You know, uh, just if it's going to make someone else happy and they're not hurting anybody, what's it to you? Be happy that they can exercise that freedom to go out and live their life because that's not something that everybody can do. Takes big balls, big balls. I love it. I think, are we? <laughs> yeah, I think we can end on now. Can we like really the last thing we say is big balls? Okay, why yeah. not? <laughs> Who's got the biggest balls? I got big balls. And Tell us about your big balls. <laughs> well, um, should we do some golden nuggets? Please. Um, I, my golden nugget was, wait, where is it? Oh, do what you want to do as long as you aren't hurting anyone else, you know? And, and I think remembering that is, is super important to me. So thank you for that one. Mine was um, don't impose my personal belief system on others, which is kind of the same thing. And But I, I don't think of it that way sometimes as a personal belief system. And that's really the essence of it. Uh, mine was differences aren't bad. They're just differences. Yeah. Duh. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for don't being here. We know you can be a lot of places and you're listening to us. So we are greatly appreciative of that. Yes. Vicki, do you want to tell us anything else? Oh, yes. I forgot. I have a couple <laughs> of things going on that are really cool. Um, I have this four agreements workshop starting November 7th. And it is a four week and it might extend to a five week if we do the fifth agreement. But we're going to work on the four agreements. There are going to be two hour workshops on Saturdays. So hit me up. I will put the link for all the information in, in the um, show notes. And then the other thing that I'm super proud of, and it's been so exciting to get this out there and I've gotten such great feedback. So thank you everyone. But I wrote this book um, called A Woman's Path to Joyful Selling. And um, it's been just, uh, it's been really cool to see how it's evolved. So if you're into selling and, or if you're into work and you're burnt out and you're working too hard or you're, you know, you can't, can't get through the do, um, read the book. It gives you some practical hints and it's a little, you know, it's fun. So that's all I have. Thanks, Vicki. Um, and for everybody, if you're not familiar with the work that Vicki does, she's a personal coach. She's also a uh, helps people with their professional uh, life needs. And the four agreements completely changed my life. It's it's amazing how much I still use that as a reference tool when I'm when I'm having some struggles and difficulty. And I think Bree said this last week with your book, Vicki, it's not just about sales. It's about um, trying to be your best at whatever profession, not even profession, just whatever you're trying to be in life. Um, it's fantastic. I love that it's condensed. It's very concise. You don't beat around the bush. There's not a lot of words, but you get across exactly what, what you're trying to say. And you did a fantastic job. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud to know an author that's in my close circle. Well, I have to do a major shout out to my editor, Nancy DeLong. She really helped me um, get get out what I was trying to say in a great way. And a shout out to Bree for checking it out and giving me some edits because, um, you know, typos and 
I learned, did we talk about this on the episode for all these generation Xers that used to do double space after a period that that's not a thing anymore? What? Did you know that? No. Lynn, I know. We, when you type, there's only one space. That happened like 20 years ago, I guess. Linda told me that. Nancy told me that. But because we were typing on typewriters, we had to have two spaces. And that's why. But it's not a thing. You only have to have one space between every period. Well, I don't think I can change that. Well, yes, you can. I promise you. I even do it with texting. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So Generation Xers. I never have to write a paper. I'll probably never have to write a paper again in my life. So I'm just grateful for that. Okay. (laughs) I don't care about the spaces. Well, I am super grateful to have learned that and it saves me time and emails. It saves me time and texting. It's, it's, it's hilarious, Lynn. I can't even stand it. <laughs> Mind blown. It is. Well, thanks everybody. Like Vicki said, we're so grateful that you choose to listen to us. And um, if you're interested in doing the Patreon, the link is in our show notes. Have a great night. Make sure you vote. Vote, 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 vote. Vote. If you're in America. (laughs) Try out. (laughs) Try out. Try out. I already tried out. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, Please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.